weeks now we've been on this subject of uh, give no place to the devil or no place for the devil. And um, you just say that and with a lot of people you, you lose them when you say the word devil. Because that either conjures up uh, horror show images or just that it's fictional. There is no devil. But if you believe the Bible, and we do, hmm, then there is an enemy. And we are told that we have responsibility in, in stopping him from wreaking havoc in our life. We can do something about it. And that's one of the greatest revelations you'll ever get. In Ephesians 4, and verse uh, 21 says, If so be that you've heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off uh, the former conversation the old man, And verse 24, he says, put on the new man. Verse 25, putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. We're members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Now the understood subject here is you. You are not to give place to the devil. So that means he can't just take place. And if he has place, whether knowingly or ignorantly, we gave place. But the good news is, as soon as you find out, you can stop it. You can, you can get him out and you can shut the door. Neither give place to the devil. Now in Ephesians, the 6th chapter, Ephesians 6 and 10, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now here is more understanding about when you say don't give place to the devil, exactly, specifically, what am I not to give place to? You don't wait till you see something in a red suit and horns and a pitchfork. In fact, the scripture tells us that Satan transforms himself as an angel of light. His, you know, way of operation is deception. That's his big thing, is deception. The devil is real. But a child of God has no reason to fear the devil. But at the same time, we do need to understand that he is out seeking whom he may devour. And we need to be vigilant, the scripture says. We need to be alert and aware 
and not give place. Well, how, how does he come, though? He's tricky. He's very cunning. We, we need the armor of God to stand against the wiles, wiles of the devil. Wiles has to do with craftiness, trickery. And um, we should not underestimate our enemy's intelligence. We should not. These spirits have been around for millennia. And they have been fooling human beings all this time. And they're good at it. And you will not be safe by your superior intelligence. Won't be enough. I don't care how many degrees you got, how much of a genius you think you are. You just hadn't been around long enough compared to these beings and entities. But what you do have is the greater one on the inside of you. And he's been around longer than they have. (laughs) And beside that, he's God and really does know everything. And if we'll listen to him and follow him, we won't be tricked. We won't be duped. We won't be deceived and destroyed. But it won't happen by accident. It won't happen if we don't even make an effort. Are we told to do things concerning resisting the enemy? Well, then, if we don't do it, he's going to be active and he's going to accomplish things that we don't want him to accomplish. But if we will take our stand, if we will not give the enemy any place, if we will resist the enemy, like like James says, and if we will take unto ourselves the whole armor of God, we will be protected. And that's what he's talking about here. Protected from what? Let me remind you. From what? The wiles of the devil. Not the power of the devil. Y'all with me, friends? No. Not the power of the devil. The wiles of the devil. The trickery. He's very, very tricky. You see it with our our parents, Adam and Eve. You see what happened there. And you see, he tried the same thing with Jesus. Forty days and nights, he bombarded Jesus with thoughts and suggestions and feelings, even quoted scripture to him. Is that right? See, we, we, we got a perfect example Perfect examples of this shown to us in the scripture. And if if the way Jesus overcame was with it is written, it is written, it is also written. How do you think you're going to be successful? It is written, it is written, it is also written. Well, what if you don't know what's written? 
then you are at a very a big disadvantage. Huh? Which is why everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. Now you can do more than that, help yourself, but that's that's the minimum. And then you need to come to services and meetings and to hear more and more of this word expounded. Right? Because every every truth you get in you is protection. And we should grow up in the Lord uh, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. And then as we grow, like the scripture said, strong meat. But we should get harder and harder for the devil to fool. We, we should get more and more difficult for him to trick us. That's if you're growing and developing. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, trickery of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness or evil in high places. And verse 13, wherefore, he says it again, take unto you the whole armor of God. Who's going to do this? He's telling us to do it. He's telling us to do it repeatedly. He told us a couple of verses earlier, now he tells us again. So, take to you, you take to you, the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. And you see that previous verse he kept saying, against, 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 against. And that's how you understand standing, is standing, withstanding it means standing against, not giving in. Not giving in to the devil at all. And I wish I could tell you that you, uh, you know, if you'll pray enough and feed on the word enough and grow up enough, that you'll get to a place where you never have any more trouble with the devil. But that's, I'd be lying to you. Your entire life. The enemy is going to try to deceive you and trick you and trip you up and steal from you and kill things in your life and destroy. That's who he is. That's what he is. And so every day we, uh, you don't want to, you know, let it steal your joy, but you just, you, you got to be on the watch. And when you hear something or see something that doesn't sound right to you, and, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for what word that we and I have been able to get in me. Because the further I go, you just see the devil's tricks coming a mile away. You just go, uh-uh. No, no, no. Because this scripture says this, and this says this, and this says this. So that can't be right. And the further you go, and the more grounded you get in the word, and the more you see things fit together... It's wonderful. You don't struggle with it. You know it before the enemy gets too far into it. 
And, you know, you wish everybody could see this, but you've got all kind of folks, Christians, they're saved, they love the Lord, but they won't go to church, they won't read their Bible, they won't pray. And then, and, and then they have all these terrible battle losses in their life over and over again, and they don't see the connection. Because they're not resisting anything. And then you got some folks that go to church and their preachers tell them, everything that's happening is of God. Well, where's the devil at in this? How does he get off scot-free? <laughs> no. There is an enemy. And his favorite thing is for people to believe he doesn't even exist. Because you're not going to resist what doesn't exist. But we know better. We found out some things. From the wonderful Holy Spirit and the wonderful Word of God. We found out some things. And so we're on the alert. We're on the watch. And we are outfitted. We are outfitted for victorious living. We have protection. We have armament. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wherefore, verse 13, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, and again, that's saying stand against. Having your loins girt about with truth. He mentions six things. Actually, seven. We'll, we'll get into that later on. But uh, specific things that are the armor of God. Now, these are spiritual. They're not natural. So don't get hung up on belt or breastplate or shield or helmet. That is anointed and it does portray things, but you understand it's not a physical shield. Well, what is the shield? We saw last week is faith. Faith is a shield. And truth is part of our protection. It's the first one he mentions. And that shouldn't be surprising because what are we to be watching out for and resisting? The wiles or trickery, the deception of the devil. Well, how are we going to know if it's deception or not? That's what we've been talking about. You'd have to know the truth. To recognize something that's not the truth. They tell us that, you know, those that uh, are involved in tracing down counterfeiters and that kind of thing, they don't study all the variations of possible counterfeit money. They study the real. Hmm? <laughs> when they know exactly what this bill is supposed to look like, and you know it well enough, then you can detect any variation. And, of course, they use electronic stuff, too. But um, that the principle, though, is how we, uh, we... You don't need to read books on the occult to help you recognize the occult. That is unending. And anything you found out from the enemy about the enemy is going to be a lie. 
He is a known liar. And it'll never end. No, you want to know the truth. And the Lord said his word is truth. And when you know his word and the word of truth well enough, like we were saying earlier, you spot any variation. And you go, hold it, whoa, whoa, that's not what that scripture said. No, 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 you messed up the last part of it. No, no. Or even if they quoted it right, no, that's not what it meant. Read the one that came before it and the one that came after it. You cannot overemphasize the importance of the Bible, the Word of God. You, you cannot. It is so wonderful. And you have to be dishonest or just woefully ignorant of it to not understand that it's inspired of God. The, the details, the accuracy, the prophecies, only someone sitting above time that could see the end from the beginning could do these things. It's astounding. And you can trust the Word of God. You can trust it with your life, with your eternal well-being. You trust it completely. And everything else, you need to be skeptical. Yeah, that's it. Skeptical. <laughs> skeptical of. The, the, the Lord's emphasized that to me during this, this series. The enemy has found Christians too gullible, too easy to deceive. Uh, they'll watch something on the news and go, well, that's how it is. Are you kidding me? People say all kinds of things that are unverified, unconfirmed, and they'll put it on there as fact. I used to not think that was the case. I've seen it, though. I've seen national news do things and put things that I happen to know the details on. And they just flat lied. And so-called experts. <laughs> I was, the Lord leads me sometimes to look at some different, I have an interest in a field of this or that. And, uh, because you see it uh, in the Word of God, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God. And learning something about the universe is interesting to me because that's God. Not a dusty book on theology somewhere. Look up in the night sky. That's God. That's Him. And uh, I was listening to some folks that were supposed to be the the brightest minds in in their area, and, and I got this, I realized they don't have a clue what they're talking about. But that's what happens when you get away from God. You think you're smart when you are so dumb. It's pitiful. It's the fool that says there is no God. Do you see the importance of truth? Loins girt, it goes all the way around you. The truth, say it out loud, the truth surrounds me. 
The truth girds me up. The truth supports me. The truth protects me. Then he went on to say, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now don't get hung up on the breastplate. There are truths there, but what is the protection? Righteousness is the protection. It protects you. What does truth protect you from? Lies and deception. What does righteousness protect you from? Condemnation. Guilt. Shame. Things that would cause you to be, to feel, to believe you are not right in the eyes of God. And we have come short of the glory of God, which is why Jesus had to come give us his own righteousness. And the righteousness we have before God is not our own, it's his. And all we did to get it was believe and receive it. And no matter what kind of mistake or failure you make, it is not God's will that you live in condemnation and shame. I've had people, I remember a guy one time said to me, he said, yeah, but preacher, you don't know what I've done. I said, yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. Not to minimize. People have done some terrible things. But the blood is greater. The blood is greater to cleanse and wash and forgive than the vilest sin. And you're either forgiven or you're not. You're either cleansed or you're not. You're either washed or you're not. You're either made holy and made righteous or you're not. If you are... You don't have to hang your head. You don't have to drag around and feel guilty and ashamed. All of us have missed it. All of us have said and done things that we would not want published. (laughs) We wouldn't want to put you up here and put the spotlight on you and tell all about it. All of us. I've made mistakes. You've made mistakes. But... I've learned enough about the righteousness of God in Christ. I refuse to be ashamed. Because he was made sin with that sin. He bore the shame. Didn't he do it? He bore it. Which means I don't have to. And if somebody wants to talk about something bad that I did, I'm forgiven. I'm cleansed. I'm washed. You either are or you're not. Huh? Are you? (laughs) Say it out loud. I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. There is no longer any condemnation to me as I walk in his light. And if you you mess up big, what do you do? Don't run from God. Don't put it off. Run to Him. Acknowledge it. And receive the cleansing that's always there. Receive the righteousness 
that's always there. And then you're protected. Your heart is protected. Your core is protected. Condemnation can't get in you and gut you. Shame can't get in you and, and, and destroy you and haunt you. He goes on to say, your feet, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What is this, this piece of armor? Preparation. Readiness. Readiness of what? Of the good news. Of how, it's connected to the what we just got through talking about. How Jesus has made peace with God by taking away our sin and paying the price for it, we have now been reconciled to God. Hallelujah. And we, we are to be ready to tell this to anyone, to, to proclaim the good news. We're not talking about being a preacher. We're just talking about you know who your Savior is. And you know how He has saved you. The good news of how Jesus paid the price. And you are ready. You're ready to tell anybody about that. You're ready to give an answer of anybody that would ask you of this great hope that is in you. The hope of the resurrection from the dead. Oh, hallelujah. The hope of the soon coming of the Lord Jesus. The hope of being in His forever family. And your name in the Lamb's book of life. Somebody say ready, ready, ready. And see, being ready will protect you from being caught off guard, fearful, timid, missing opportunities. Because a handful of preachers can never reach the whole world. For the master. No. It takes all of us. The Lord would have his witnesses. In every walk of life. Every profession. Good profession. Every area. Do you believe it? And so ready. Ready. We looked at this, taking the shield of faith. It's a good thing we don't have 20 of these. Our review would prevent getting to the next one. Are these worth talking about, though? The shield of faith, wherewith we will, you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We went into some detail about that last week. Uh, don't get hung up on... On, on the shield, it described a big door-shaped shield that you could, the soldier could get completely behind. And this prevents the fiery darts or flaming arrows of the evil one. Well, what would these flaming arrows be like? They're spiritual. They're not natural. What are they? We saw last week their words. Words. Words contain thoughts. And this is how spiritual battles 
are lost or won. But you need something to keep these piercing thoughts and words from getting in you. This actually continues with the next one. He said, and take the helmet of salvation. Then he goes on to talk about the sword of the spirit. This is one we hadn't talked about yet. The helmet of salvation. Say it out loud. The helmet Helmet. of salvation. salvation. Look with me in... uh, I believe it's uh, 1 Thessalonians, or they'll put it on the screen for us. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8. He said, let us who are of the day be sober. Now see, that sounds like what James and Peter said. Be vigilant, be aware, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Now... That sounds a little different than what we read in Ephesians because don't get hung up on the breastplate. That's just a graphic portrayal. What, what is the protection? Faith is protection. Righteousness is protection. Truth is protection. And love. And for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Now see, he, he adds the word hope. The word helmet, it's from a couple of words I understand that means around the head. Around the head. Does our head need any protection? Oh boy. I said, does your head need any protection? Well, according to this, these two scriptures, what is protection for your head? Hope. Now, he just got through talking about faith. The shield of faith was the previous one. And this one's hope. Hope is misunderstood in many circles. And it's not surprising because, you know, people use words differently in vernacular one generation to the next. And in the, in the past, I don't know, 100 years or something, the word hope to English-speaking people is turned into more of a wish or desire and is not what uh, this is talking about. You hear people make the phrase, I sure hope so. And they are not talking about this. If you look up the word translated hope, here and other places in the New Testament, it means expectation. It means confident expectation of good. Confident. Everybody say confident. Expectation of good. Now, friends, don't sleep through this. This is so important. Does your your little head need some protection? Huh? What's going to protect your little head? Confident expectation of salvation. The hope of salvation. Go to Romans, please, the 8th chapter. 
Thanks be to God. How many think Faith Life family can be well equipped? If you saw us in the spirit, we're fully dressed. Huh? Fully dressed. If you saw us in the spirit, you'd see truth on us, all around us. Righteousness covering us, covering our vitals. (laughs) Huh? You'd see preparation on our feet. You'd see faith in front of us all the time. Everywhere we go, like a force field, repelling all the fiery shots the enemy takes at you. And how many understand in battle, the head is a primary target. Because take out the head and the rest is dead. The body does not continue fighting without the head. (laughs) And so that's why the soldier, and this is a a day of hand-to-hand combat, needed a helmet. Because uh, the enemy is trying to uh, fire an arrow at your head or hit you with a mallet or something to mess up your head. And that takes out your whole body out of the fight. But we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. And our head is not naked and exposed. If we will take into ourselves the whole armor of God and put something around us. The the word helmet there, it means around the head. So this is that which encompasses the head and prevents something from piercing, going through it and getting into your head. Do we need a helmet, a spiritual protection for our heads? Yeah, we do. Hold your place there in, uh, where did I ask you about going? Yeah, Romans 8. We're not quite ready to go there. Um, go to Second uh, Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 3. He said, though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh. Yelling, screaming loudly, waving your arms, stomping, none of this is actual spiritual warfare. Are y'all with me? That's natural. That's physical. That's vocal. Our Our weapons are not natural. They're not fleshy. But they're real. And they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What strongholds? He tells you the very next phrase. Casting down what? Imaginations. That's, this is the, part of the wiles of the devil. We must be on our guard about imaginations. It's not okay to just think anything. 
You'll hear people say, well, you know, as long as I don't act on it or I don't say it. No, no. No. To be carnally minded is death, the scripture said. Thoughts and feelings are exactly how the enemy attacks you. And he endeavors to do it in such a way that you don't even realize you're being attacked. He wants you to think these are your thoughts. They just came from we don't know where. But the more you develop, you'll distinguish what comes up from inside you from where the Holy Spirit is versus what comes from out here against your mind, which is not coming from inside you. Thoughts, imaginations, suggestions. Imaginations, the root word there is image. Images, thoughts, images, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity what? Every thought. Does this have to do with your head? Yes. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. But you'd have to know the knowledge of God. You'd have to know the word of the Lord. To even be able to recognize, hold on, that that thought's not right. That imagination's not right. You hear sometimes people say, well, I, I just, I don't know, I've just, I've just had this feeling about this. Well, you're, you don't have to receive every feeling that comes to you. This just bothered me. Well, resist it. Stand against it. Speak right out loud and say, that's a lie. I cast that down in Jesus' name. That's not true. I refuse to believe that. I refuse to think on it. Much less do it. It's a choice. Every day with us. And I wish I could tell you that the enemy would never bring that bad thought to you again. But you know he will. Every, every opportunity he can But you just cast it down again. These are the things our head needs to be protected from. I thought about this. uh, Depending on what kind of helmet you're talking about. Some helmets, you put them on. You can't hear stuff from outside anymore. (laughs) And I'm thinking this helmet has that feature too. But the enemy's lying and lying and lying and bringing imaginations. What you need to do is put the helmet on and it gets quiet. Oh, praise God. Thank you. You lift it up, he's still lying. Okay, put it back on. Put it back on. Praise God for the helmet of the hope. Of salvation. Look in Romans now. Can you take a little more? Well, what do you mean salvation? Well, that's the word um, from the word Savior and save. That's who Jesus is. He came 
to save what was lost. Hallelujah. And uh, when you say I'm saved, you said a lot. Because saved from what? If you look at the word, like I said, it's tied to Savior. It's tied to save. That, that Greek word, sozo, is translated heal. It's translated deliver. Well, that is being saved. If you were saved from cancer, saved from a blood disease, right? Saved from poverty. Saved. When you say I'm saved, you said a lot. Saved from what? And when you're talking about the hope of salvation, you are talking about the fullness of your salvation, which you are not yet experiencing. In uh, Romans 8 and 24, Romans 8, 24 says, we are saved by hope. Well, I, I thought we were saved by faith. We are. No contradiction. To have one is to have the other. Anybody remember Hebrews 11.1? 1? Now faith is. The substance or ground or assurance of things hoped for which is expected. The evidence of things not seen. And that's what he's talking about here, same thing. We're saved by hope. But let me, let me just interject this. The reason you have confident expectation is because you believe something. It's based on, that's what he said, your, your, your faith is the ground or foundation for what you expect. We're saved by confident expectation. But this expectation that seen is not expectation. For what a man sees, why does he yet expect for it? Now, the thing we need to be protected from. What does hope protect you from? Hopelessness. What does hopelessness do? To a head, to a mind, and to a heart. Why the head? Because the the head is the gateway to the heart. Things get in our heart through the eye gate and ear gate and mind. That's how they get into your heart. Is by seeing them, hearing them, thinking them. And the enemy will try to feed you hopelessness. And if you're not protected, it'll go into your mind. And if you dwell on it, you'll get to where you don't even want to live. That's how, that's how people just quit doing everything. Because what's the point? That's how people do. They quit their job, leave home, do nothing. Why? Well, 
if I make money, it's just I have to pay taxes and and then I have to do this and I have to do that and nothing left. And what have I got to look forward to anyway? That is a head with no helmet. And the the flaming fiery arrow of hopelessness from the devil has pierced them. If you could see them in the spirit, they got an arrow through their head. And it is gutting them spiritually. We're to fight the good fight of faith. But that's connected to confident expectation. You got to have a reason to get up in the morning. I said, you got to have a reason. You got to have something that you're looking forward to. And if you are excited about something, if you're looking forward to something, then your head is protected from the lies and trickery to get hopelessness in you. Can you say amen? Look in Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians 1.17, he prays. Of course, this is the same book that Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 6 we've been looking at. He was talking about this from the beginning. Praying for them. This is a prayer you pray for yourself. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened to what end? To what end? That you may know what? What? What is the hope of his calling and, this is connected together, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? You you hear people, it's sad. They talk about, well, I, I just don't have anything to live for anymore. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. And you've gotten that way because you, you left your armor off. And you've been going around, you know, naked, spiritually. And so everything the enemy shoots at you just goes right into you. And that hopelessness has taken root. Two, two things that the enemy was inspiring people to preach and teach during when Paul wrote these things. Um, one of them, I won't take time to look at the scriptures, but you, you can look it up. But one of them was that there were those teaching that the resurrection was already past. Remember reading that? That the resurrection was already past. And of course Paul is telling them in the strongest terms that's not true. And that's not going to happen until this happens. And he, he lays some things out very clearly. But why would the enemy push that? You've already missed it. Too late for you. You know, I've even had people that I've endeavored to minister to that told me, you know, there's no hope for them. They had committed the unpardonable sin. They didn't even know what they were talking about. But they're convinced they did it. And there's no hope for them. So they might as well just live as crazy as they can because you're going to hell anyway. Lies, lies, lies. So I said, well, how do you know? Because I know something about the Bible. Hebrews, 
other places. How would you know, Brother Keith? Listen, if you want to be right with God, you have not committed this sin. Because if you had, we would plead with you to come back to God and you won't do it. And you'd blaspheme against the Lord. No. If you want to be right with God, you can be right with God. As long as you want to be, you can be. But why does the enemy push it? You've gone too far. You've committed an unforgivable sin. And you've done. Why? If you've got no hope of salvation, that hopelessness can destroy you. Well, I, I got no hope of being saved. I got no hope of salvation. Yes, you do. I said, yes, you do. The Lord said, I know the thoughts and the plans. I've thought about you. Good thoughts. Good plans to give you an expected end. Do not wander around with your helmet off. Listening to lies. That, that cause you to become hopeless. We have great hope. Whew. You talk about a future being bright. We, we, we haven't even begun to touch how bright our future is. And we don't have to put everything off till then. We're to have victory after victory. Down here. How many believe your greatest victories are supposed to be in front of you? Your greatest and biggest miracles are are supposed to be in front of you. And they are because with God it's always bigger and better and greater. That's just who he is. With him it's always that way. And here he's praying that they and that we would know. That our, the eyes of our heart and mind and understanding would be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of this calling. Did he call you, child of God? Come on, did he call you? Did he, somebody say he called me. He called me. He called me. Called you for what? Called you for what? The hope of his calling. Hallelujah. And the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. There is a resurrection. It's coming. The head of the church is returning. We're closer than we've ever been. People can scoff and mock all they want, but they'll shut up when he comes. What are we called to? Go to Romans 8. In closing, I think. Romans 8. Do I have anything to look forward to? See, that's one reason I thought today, man, how perfect this is. We're on Vision Sunday. Hmm? Do we have anything to look forward to? Do you have anything to be excited about? You do. If you, if you believe the truth, if you believe God, I have confident expectation of full salvation. Full salvation. 
What do you mean? Well, saved from what? Saved. No matter what's going on, I'll be saved from physical issues. I'll be saved from financial issues. I'll be saved from ignorance and dumbness. I'll be saved. Is that right? No matter what it is, I can be confidently excited, expecting about full Sound all the way till the trumpet sounds, or I slip out of here, and then we really take off. Do I have something to look forward to? Oh, do you, child of God? Yes. The hope, the sure hope, is an anchor to our soul, Hebrews said. Makes us stable, makes us strong. I refuse. To take off my helmet and get hopeless. You too? I refuse. I refuse to believe lies that would make me hopeless. I've got every reason to get up in the morning. i got all kind of reasons to keep putting one foot in front of the other in this faith walk. Because the best is ahead of me. The path is getting brighter. It's getting stronger. Right? And the best, oh man, oh man the best, oh Lord the best, the best, reckon you're going to be excited when you walk the streets of gold, reckon you're going to be happy when you see your mansion, reckon you're going to be excited when you are right up front by the throne during a praise meeting. You think you heard some singing. You think you heard some music. You think, oh, we're about to find out. We're about to find out. And I can make it through the unpleasantries of this world. I can make it through people not acting right. Huh? (laughs) And if I realize I'm hearing too much junk, I go, whoa, whoa, where's my helmet at? Where's my, put it on. And all I'm thinking about is the glorious things I got to look forward to and full salvation. Hallelujah. I'm protected. I'm protected. In in Romans. Oh, hallelujah. Romans 8. 28. We know. We know. We know. That all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know what you got got to look forward to? Becoming more and more like the, like the master. More and more and more. No need taking a snapshot right now because you're not done. Huh? You, more and more. Even past this life. Because there's coming a time when the angels will look at him and they'll look at you and they'll go, What? Look at that. Didn't the Lord pray that they may be one? Even as we are one. Is that right? Didn't he talk about this? Conformed to his image and likeness. We're on our way right now. Is that something to look forward to? Is that something? Whew. 
30, verse 30. Moreover, there's more. Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Oh, hallelujah. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be? I guess, do I have something to look forward to? Do I have something to be excited about? Yes, yes, and hallelujah, yes. Stand on your feet, everybody.